impression. <laughs> I wish I had saved it for when we did have Mike's hot so I could have got the can crack. We too, do. But... I just hit it. I just hit it. <laughs> no, I, mean, I said the can crack. I've been oh, sipping on can- this for the past oh. minute, few minutes while we were doing technical difficulties. Um, that's funny considering me reacting to you like that, drinking a can, and then me laughing in the way I did. Just mm. be like, man, that's that's rich from the guy who's <laughs> who has successfully cracked a can on this show, and and who was earlier today throwing stones at commercial radio now. <laughs> basically, laughing. you want to do a commercial radio bit? You want to do a? <laughs> so, uh, so, so, what I was doing today was uh, went to the cafe in the morning, right? Oh yeah, and I love those cafes. Hit, saw on the menu, right? Get this, right? They've got this thing called the Everything Bagel, and then it came with salmon and cream cheese, and I went. I don't think that's everything. That's not everything. <laughs> I didn't see my bloody year 10 science teacher on that bagel. Like, what, 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 what's all that going on about? Uh, you're listening to Fitzy and, and Morgzy in the morning. Uh, you're listening to Fitzy and Morgzy at 1.44 p.m., our new show. We'll be back right after this. Yeah, here's Cold Chisel. <laughs> yeah, fucking. Look, that was, clearly we couldn't do it, but obviously. <laughs> yeah. No, I think we could. Clearly it's a hard job. <laughs> I think with, we could. But, you know, we did that with no prep. So, look, maybe if you gave us five I, minutes. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I think with prep we could, we could, you know. We'd have to Hamish and Andy who? Fitzy. I mean, you are Fitz. That's the thing. You, you already yeah. have a radio name that is ubiquitous yeah. radio names. So, you don't have Does, does that other real Fitzy have the patent on on Fitzy as a radio name? Is that I don't know. Just basically, as soon as you've made a radio name that is a nickname, like a yeah, uh, and a, a name that would be a nickname, yeah, that would generally be expressed in between your first yeah. and last name in yeah. inverted commas. Yeah. Um, and the thing I love about those though is it's like. Mm. You just see the ones that are like cool. That's obviously like you don't even need inverted commas in the middle of the name, like Fitzy Fitzgerald. Mm, yeah, like I'm exactly. having a shoot at you now. That's okay. Like if that's exactly. what you decided to run with, yeah, Dominic Fitzy Fitzgerald. Like yeah. how that's fucking original. I wonder how the focus groups mm. required. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think we could be um Domo and Morgzy. Domo and Morgzy. there's no Domo in the there's no Domo there on the radios here. There's no Domo. <laughs> we could I'd go tell with you Domo. That. Anyway, Domo uh, and Morgzy, here we are back. Dan Dan Creeks are down. Yep. The, not a the, radio show. <laughs> not a radio show. The the two goodest fellas in podcasting. Yeah. Um, two wise guys. Two wise a, guys. Their own potty. Here in we a are. sea of wise. not so wise people with podcasts. Well, I eat everybody I, these days. Fuck. That's right. Everyone has podcasts. But I do hesitate to say, I mean, look, this is uh, many, many, many weeks after we said we would be. Remember this year, the start of the many year, months. I was like, let's do, a, let's try and be really good this year and make the show. Yeah. Why Why did we not follow through on that? <laughs> I don't know. Like you, you've only been busy very recently because of wedding season. It's just that time of the year for you no. and your business. I've been busy all year, actually. Just in fact, oh, I had the busiest. Really I actually had an extremely busy like April, May, and I barely photographed any weddings. I was doing other things. Anyway, that doesn't matter if you're. No, that's it. That, no, that's important because that's why you didn't Instagram. get Goodfellas in March. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. That's why you didn't Look, get I've it, done it again. Exactly, <laughs> I've done it again. Take about it. Um, look, this. I'm so glad I pointed this out as something to watch. Yeah. You were already on a Scorsese mission. Yeah. 
I believe I mentioned it in the last in the in the Batman episode that I was mm. around that time on a on a Scorsese tinge, just going back through the master, if you yeah. will. Yeah. And it felt quite awkward. The reason we needed to rush this in was A, I was talking to a friend of mine, a friend of the show, Steve Van Elk. Shout out to Steve. Yeah. Uh he's like, man, I just got Good fella of the show. Good, absolute good fella. He said he's up to, he's just telling me how how many episodes through. He, he's catching yeah. up on some eps. Yeah. Of our just, show. Of our show. And I was just reminded mm. of how we haven't recorded. And then the other thing, far more sort of overarching, was increasingly, as we decided yep. in March or whenever this was, to do this film and watch this film, mm-hmm. it felt like every week we didn't record this episode, another member of the cast of this film passed away. It was exceptionally unfortunate. (laughs) How many? To the point where I even did crack the joke, how long will this go on? Can we just penultimately, penultimately, can we just perpetually (laughs) delay the record of this episode? We both watched it. I watched it really soon after we decided that we'd watch it. I I watched it. It was in the can. I had feelings. I had thoughts and opinions. And then everyone starts, I just thought, is this, how long can this, could we just perpetually delay the recording of this show Yeah, and see how long this goes on? Like, this is quite wild. I mean, it RIP, is, of course, I'm yeah. sorry. Because it is just, it was, it, it was. shouldn't jest. No, but we were, well, you know. Just motherfuckers did. Die. Oh. We're, Everybody <laughs> dies. What are we going to do about it? <laughs> it's more so a matter of like, the, the, you know, when we suggested this in March or when we suggested this in maybe February, it was sometime when we were doing Christmas in February and doing Batman, it was like, yeah, it's like Goodfellas. In the back of my head, I was like, yeah, I can talk about Goodfellas, but it is really going to be another one of those. It's good episodes. Like we've, we've, we've made fun, despite for being a podcast trope that we make fun of a lot. We yeah. do it ourselves a lot. We do a lot of movies where it's just, yeah, fuck, it's good. What do you want us to say? Watch Goodfellas. Watch You've already seen it or you haven't seen it yet and we just don't want to do it for you like that. I really feel like there is an intersection of films that we try and keep it. We're not going to just sit there and, I mean, look, you know, we're also the guys that decided to have a holiday of all Christopher Nolan films, which is arguably the most film bro fucking move you could ever do. Let's let's look for an excuse on this attempt at niche podcast. Where did because the of a pun. Come from again? Because of a pun I came up with. That's yeah. literally it. The most tenuous <laughs> fucking link. And here we are <laughs> doing the most film bro yeah. the, shit the, you the, could the, possibly the, do. <laughs> I have a feeling that if Pulp Fiction didn't come out for whatever reason, like this would be society's Pulp Fiction. Goodfellas would be. You know what I mean? Yeah, like if, if, yeah. if Pulp Fiction didn't come out when it did or came out later or like I think Goodfellas would have had a, a stronger reign as – the film bros film. Yeah, it is it is a bit film bros film. The thing the thing I and we'll get onto a bunch of yeah. things, but like it is just so wild how those three guys yeah. like bang. We yeah, all no, associated we, look, with this film. Yeah, well we picked it. What did we picked it in March or whatever? And then I think it was April, untimely right. the untimely passing yeah. of uh oh fuck, edit point because I'm Ray Liotta. Phone. No, Ray Liotta. Sorry, just edit point. Hello? 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 Hmm. Hi, this is a call 
Get fucked. <laughs> no, no, no. They're, they're, those are good. They're, they're, yeah, I actually Amazon thought robot. they were spam as well, but they're usually like, hey, your thing is expiring next month. We're just letting you know. Oh, is that what that call's telling <laughs> me about? That's what they actually are. No, no. I, can, I got them too. Just check. Your Prime membership no, is probably about to expire. And that's yeah, no, my, my, just my, trying my, to be my, nice. Yeah, my card that expires this person. month, but I haven't got my new ones in the no, mail. So no, that's like, exactly what she was probably going to tell you about. Yeah, but I'm aware of that. I'm not some fucking... I'm not a Wally fatso in a chair, just unaware of everything around me. Like, I have... Yeah, but you're a, you're a galaxy brain film podcaster. Not everyone is, <laughs> all right? Not everyone is. No, Bob. some people are galaxy brain um, men's rights podcasters. That's right. Who probably <laughs> all, you know, remember when their card expires, to be fair. Oh, I'll give fuck. them this much. Oh, fuck. Uh, the untimely rights. passing of Ray Liotta happened in March <laughs> or April. And that was kind of like, damn, we literally, we just said we were going to do good fellas. <laughs> So we can't really do it anytime soon because it's going to turn into the Ray Liotta memorial episode. Yeah, I guess and then that's month- in our corner. Like, yeah, that's guys. Yeah. That's, that's why we waited, guys, because we didn't want to be a bandwagon here. Yeah, that's why we waited. Then, <laughs> about a month or so later, the incredibly talented Paul Sorvino passed away, mm. who plays Paulie Cicero in this film. I, I love it when I love it by just by the way I have to mention yeah. I do love it when actor names and character names because you're just wondering who's any like who are we gonna get to play this guy I don't know yep Polly we'll just yeah, get Polly to do it yeah, that's fine. We'll sure. yeah so that's that's funny in the case of of, He's of a wisest know, this, guy in the building yeah yeah that's funny because in this case it was like yeah that's the that's the name of the real life guy so it was like oh fuck it we'll just get Paul well not fuck it. Paul Cicero was probably immaculate, was immaculately cast. hundred percent. But in terms of the next guy, what happened after that was a month or so after that, I think at late June or early July, James Kahn passed away. Sonny from The Godfather, mm. which mm. was just like a big, wow, that's, damn. And then the next day, just when, Crime film, crime film, crime television fans thought we were already in boarding. They took beloved Tony Sirico, most famously known for paying for playing Paulie Walnuts Gottlieri in The Sopranos, and also playing in this film Tony Sachs. <laughs> he passed the next day. It was it was it was James Caan one day, Tony Tony Sirico the next, and it was just like. I Bam. mean, can they make crime films anymore? This, this is it. Genre I mean, gone. No, we can't. There's always new guys. There's always new guys. <laughs> and I will, and I will take this this tangent to talk about the fact that since the last episode, I watched the entirety of the 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 Paramount Plus oh, yes. original series, The Offer. Yes, it's a chronicling. Good. What's chronicling? I say with full quotation marks around it. The making of the Godfather. Chronicling. I have no, I think every, everything in that show is probably Fugazi as fuck, <laughs> but it was, it was kind of entertaining. Yeah. Okay. It's a very Temple's entertaining that, show, right? but I'm trying to think of like, what's an example of like one of those, uh, like biopics or like try to be true to life stories that you just watch and you go, this didn't um, fucking happen. I watched one recently and now I can't recall 
Was it Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody? No, it wasn't Bohemian Rhapsody. Because I just remember watching the scene in Bohemian Rhapsody of like he's with uh, the 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 love interest, the female love interest in the opening, and they're they're sort of just postcoitally lying down near a piano. Yeah, yeah. He just gets yeah. up and magically yeah. does the doom 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 doom. No, he doesn't get up. He they remain lying on the yeah, floor no, he and he for it. reaches and upside down like his hands. <laughs> yeah. Look, and this I is like before they'd by, recorded their first album. <laughs> I have stood by. Yeah, I know. No, I think they'd recorded one album or a couple of albums. Point is. I'd re- I, I stand by saying that that film is worth watching for the Wembley sequence. Okay. Um, but other than on, that, he's on record I for saying that. Quite, I find, I, yep. I found that scene particularly yep. frustrating. Yeah. Because it didn't happen. Because that's a fantasy. It that's happen. not real. But, but, you know, but all of these, that's what these films do. But at the same yeah. time, you're like, yeah, just, I just. Yeah. But look, no, the mo- crime movies will continue. The legacy of crime movies will endure. And I think we'll, we'll be a testament to that by talking today about arguably the... I would say... I can't say the godfather of this genre because it's, it's, it's not the same genre. It's the same genre. It's the same genre. It's not. It's the... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I really do think this and the godfather are like toe-to-toe on the mountaintops. It's the Citizen Kane of this generation. No, I, I think they're toe and toe in the mountaintops the same way that in literary history, Quite the worst idea Shakespeare can stand toe to toe with like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of like, a, like, like Arthur Miller, like, 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 like sure. iconic modern American playwrights stand toe to toe with Shakespeare. Like that's what, that's cinematically what The Godfather is pure tragedy of the highest cinematic caliber. And you can fucking repeat that one to your Tinder dates who will not go home with you film bros. You can take that one for free compared to <laughs> that's some, and there, and there, ladies and gentlemen is some yeah. accurate biopic advice from Dominic uh, Fitzgerald. <laughs> yeah. Compared to Goodfellas, which is just like, I want to post you a question. If you didn't, if you can't say crime or mob, yeah. What genre would you use to describe Goodfellas? Gangster. No, no, no. You can't I'm use like okay, traditional. So you're genre. Saying- if you had to put a label, if you were in a video easy and you saw drama, oh. action, comedy, adventure, whatever, what? Right. Oh, so one of those big overarching yeah. genres. Yes. Right. What is this under in iTunes? Is what you're asking me. I'm or asking you I to put you put your personal spin on it. Um, I yeah, it's a it's a kind of a dramedy, isn't it? It's a dramedy. I think it, I think it's perfect because it does everything. Yeah. It's I a think dramedy. it nails every aspect. There are moments in this film that are beyond comedy, that are just so funny, that are not like, that aren't like side splittingly, I can't breathe funny, but you just, you know, deep down, you feel it on the, the back of your neck. You just go, oh, that is fucking funny. There are scenes of incredible- Like when she's flushing and they always come at the oh. peak. <laughs> they come at the peak of the, of the, that whole scene of <laughs> when him she's panicking $60,000 worth of coke down the toilet. Before that, if you go back to the beginning of the day, the fact that he is so strung out because he's like, I've got to take some guns to Robert De Niro. I've got to pick up my my brother. I've got to make the fucking sauce. I've got to go visit my side bitch who's making cocaine. And I'm listening to Harry Nielsen the whole time. And I swear to God, this random fucking ass helicopter is following me. And to watch that all intersect right up until the moment Bo Deedle just stops him at the door of his car and just goes, freeze. It, we were following you. <laughs> like you've, you've, I'm just, look, 
police officers, if you're listening, we do not support such illicit substances, but Morgan, just between us girls, you've been around people on cocaine before, right? I believe I have, yeah. They're fucking, they're fucking so dumb. <laughs> like, they're so self-centered. And it's and that's funny in one way because whenever they think it's like something's like, oh, fuck, some, but that guy's following me or that person's looking at me. Sus. It's like, obviously not. Like, it obviously no, they is not. It is so funny for the fact that throughout that whole scene, he's like, that random ass helicopter is following me. And they were. <laughs> and then Bo Deedle and the entire. It's dramedy. It's pure dramedy. The entire New Jersey police force <laughs> is just like right fucking there, <laughs> ready to get him. <sighs> it's so funny. And then they like piece through the whole, like how they were actually following in like the p- different pieces of evidence they were picking up along the day. Yeah, that's incredibly funny. Are there some crash zooms in that sequence? Oh, yeah, because like, he's fucking zooted. Like, like, like when they go back over. And it's like, yeah, hey, I think that every guy on the corner, the- he, that, that cleaner in the corner, he was actually a cop. He was yeah. a plant the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> every time they, they, they show the helicopter, them. I think they zoom in on the helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> like, is that fucking thing? Karen, is that thing fucking following me? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got a backup plan. What you you did what you did what? In, that's crazy. Insanely funny, insanely funny climax to the film. Like yeah, that's it, the climax it, of the it film. Does film it does because and and it has then quite a not substantial but like yeah it has an odd come down. Like it's not like the film ends very abruptly there, but it also doesn't resolve. It doesn't take a long time to resolve after that. No, it's not. It's a one scene. It's one scene that I literally watched while I was making my sandwich right before this record. I pulled it up on my phone. Just the courtroom scene of, well, no, there's a little bit more before that because there's, it's just the whole process of of him flipping. Yeah. But like that last scene where it's just, it's all coming together and he just has to sit in the courtroom. There's like monologue going over most of it. He looks, he, he, he finds, he points out in the jury room, he points out, yep. That's Robert De Niro. That's 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 Jimmy. Oh fuck! What's his last name? Oh fuck! I'm a fake fan. Um, <laughs> all the guys. That's the guys. Yeah, those are the guys. Something. And they, yeah, the Paul Paulie Cicero. That's him. And they're all just looking fan. at him no, like no bathwater for you. <laughs> they just yeah. They just look at him like, fam. We gave you your entire life, and yeah. you're fucking us. And he gives this last speech where he was yeah, like, but they were gonna fucking kill him. He gives I know, and he gives this such this the impassioned speech. Where he's like, we stole and we paid off and things were brilliant and I could do all of this and this and this and this. And, you know, at this point in the monologue, half of it was VO and now he's like walking around the courtroom in frozen time addressing the camera. And he's like, we lived like kings. And he just gets real close and like, and now it's all over. And they just cut to fucking Idaho or wherever he is. And he's like, I, I, like, I just, life is not, I wasn't meant to live like this. I asked for fucking spaghetti the other day and they brought me egg noodles and ketchup. I have to live the rest of my life like a schnook. And he walks out and he picks up the paper and he looks dead at us in the camera and they cut to that iconic scene of mm. Joe Pesci just firing all six at the camera. And then he just, he makes this look like, maybe I should have let them kill me. And then walks back inside and it's over. And it's just like, that is that is that is that perfect moment of within sentence, within one scene, there are elements of comedy and tragedy and drama. It's it's all right there. And it doesn't like some perfect alchemical blend of all of these elements that don't, that somehow achieve everything 
yet do not over overstep each other. Yeah, I think that's a really fair thing to say. Like, it's it's just such a watchable film. It's you and and I think it's I think it's interesting how it it straddles the the morals of all of this. Like, you're never you're never really rooting for anyone, Mm -hmm. and you're also never condemning them. Yeah. So you're just constantly in this delicate space of just being invited to watch this happen. I think, the and I other, think that's actually. Sorry, I got to say, I think that's go. actually why it yeah. can do the dramedy so well because yeah. it's not, it's not ever fully committing you to take a yeah. side. It's yeah. just trying to give you an observer, and I wonder yeah. if that is in part to how the book was written. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I I've been trying to find a copy of Wise Guys by Nicholas Pileggi for years. I mean, I, is it not I, I, on Amazon I, or something? I not that I can find yet. Not that it, not that it's been in stock or you know pay two hundred dollars for an export used. There were just I've I've been trying to get my hands on this book for ages, and one day I will because I want to know you know about that. Because he wants to know, yeah. But, because I mean, you can you can see that the book is. Look, let's 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 find. I just the book think and, no on your note on your note because you're right. But there are just that when you watch the movie, there are scenes upon scenes upon scenes that just perfectly encapsulate like that it, it's so watch cool watchable because i think that's what that's why scorsese is is a master at his craft mm. and i don't i've never heard this um not to gas myself up but i've never heard anyone talk about it like this but when you ask somebody what their favorite filmmaker is be it you know david fincher quentin tarantino whatever film bros usually say mm. Like, all right, if I ask you right now, just for a, just for an example, on the off the top, who is your favorite director and why? Um, that's a too difficult question because the easy answer is like, say the easy answer. The just, easy answer is Nolan. Yep, and why? it's the most film bro answer. But yep. I, I just think, I just think he yep. did. Probably the, the the film that is one of my most enjoyable mm-hmm. and rewatchable films. Yeah. Um, and which it is, is for many people, which we've discussed ad nauseum yep. on this fucking show, that yep. decided to not be a film bro podcast and ended yep. up being six months of the uh, Yeah. Twice. Go a, listen to that episode. Twice a year being a fucking film bro podcast. But like but but that's that's kind of like no. yeah look but that's fine he yeah. can do no, that, that he, no that is that thing. is that that is no you've got just there, I got there, you there's the reason I got that's you why that's an example, right? And that's great. But the reason why I really think I, I can bat, I can go to bat for Scorsese because he does this thing. The fact that we just talked about all of his super insanely watchable movies in this genre. It is this innate skill that we talked about to perfectly touch on every element of, of comedy, of drama, of action, of adventure. Yeah. All these elements. The fact that he he's which done that. Which is something that. Nolan finds it incredibly hard to do. <laughs> I think every director finds yeah. that so like the best directors in their field stick to one of these yeah, and right. go with it. That's and right. I think yeah. you know and Scorsese doesn't do this all the time. That's why you know Scorsese doesn't have an entirely perfect filmography. But I just think I I can't think of many I mean I think of all the great directors and yeah you can bring up examples of where they do do this. But on the whole it's like Scorsese is just the guy who I think does it so beautifully. 
Like the fact that he can and has done so many times this perfect tightrope walk of tone and genre and all these elements. That impresses me every time, you know. I think James Cameron does that a lot. That's why I think he's one of the goats, not just, you know, alongside his uh, his Commercial effects work success. and his action. Yeah. yeah. I think I think Peter Jackson did that with the Lord of the Rings trilogy and um and his other favorite film of mine, The Frighteners. Um, although that's certainly in a different sort of genre category. You know, I when I go back and I think about all my favorite directors and all my favorite like pieces of work, like yeah, they all do this thing where they can tap into these other genres and these other styles and these other emotions without overpowering or like gear shifting. That's why, you know, that's why Quint Tarantino never really sits as perfectly for me in that in that basket because he doesn't do it like that. He switches into other tones and genres very shockingly by choice and by design, which is why I can't really knock it. But my favorite film of his, Jackie Brown, is the film that, again, perfectly just tightrope walks every bit of tone it's going for. Hmm. Like, and, and again, when it comes to Goodfellas, it's just scene after scene after scene of this at play. I think about the scene where Billy Bats comes home from prison and fucking Joe Pesci is there and they just, they get into some, what is literally 20 year old beef about how you used to shine my fucking shoes. Show me a bit of fucking respect on the first night I come out of the can. And by this point, Pesci is like, I don't have to fucking deal with this anymore. I'm I'm fucking, I'm this close to being a made guy. They argue, they leave. Later on, they keep him there. And fucking, what what does Joe Pesci do? But just fucking comes back up and just fucking douche, 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 douche. They fucking kill this guy. Not technically kill him. They beat him near within an inch of his life. Fucking J- Jimmy and Jimmy and Henry Hill help him, and then they put the body in a trunk. They this is go- probably my favorite scene. I think like, exactly the next but, no the next part of this is my favorite scene ex- in the film. Exactly because if that scene just played out without this scene that we're about to discuss, for those of you who haven't seen Goodfellas, you'd be like, oh wow, that's just violence, and that's I guess it's kind of funny, but it's like. Remind me to come back to Todd Phillips's Joker movie as a counterpoint to this. But it, be, but it is horrific. They like, take it no, is it, it, so horrific. Exactly, it is. But again, it touches on every element yeah. without trampling the other one. Because right after they beat this man within an inch of his life, and they go to take him out somewhere and bury him, they have to stop and get a shovel from somewhere. Who'd be up at this time at night? Joe Pesci's mother, aka played by uh, uh, Catherine Scorsese. Martin Scorsese's mother. I didn't know that. I think I missed that credit. That's they wonderful. stop and they, they have, have dinner. dinner. <laughs> and she asks him, How you going, Joe Pesci? My my son? I forget his character's name in this because I've I've watched Casino recently and he's yeah. Nikki Santoro in Casino and it's different. But it's like she stops and asks him, Oh, how you going? Why didn't you meet a nice girl? And he's like, Why do I what do you mean I meet a nice girl? I meet a nice girl every night, Ma. It's fucking that's what it is. <laughs> and everyone's like, Oh, boy. and they go, Oh, Henry, why don't you talk much? You're so quiet. And he's like, I just like to listen, you know? I'm just kind It's a completely pleasant, perfect dinner scene. Yeah, that's so <laughs> it's so good. Well, Frank Vincent is in, a trunk, in the trunk. <laughs> not dead. 
as as we've learnt in the opening of the movie and we find out who this is. But that's the opening of the movie is where we cut right back to. They hear the yeah, beating in the boot and that's they're like, right. fuck, Shit. Billy Bats is dead, fuck. And they pull over and they shoot him and then they get to digging. And you know what? They fucking, <laughs> you know what? You know what line has always stuck with me? I'm like, bro, that's not funny, but that's super funny. Yeah. When they are chopping him up <laughs> in order to bury him. Yeah. And Joe Pesci goes, hey, have an arm. Hey, Henry, have an arm. And they they toss the arm in the hole. Hey, have a leg. They toss the arm and leg. And then fucking Joe Pesci goes, hey, have a wing. <laughs> what do you like? You like the legs or you like the wings, Henry? It's like, bro, that's. It's brutal, but it's so like it, da- it dances. It's doing a dance. Even guys it, are like that. It doesn't sit. Yeah, because it, like I can only assume that that's what it's like. When this is normalized, when yeah. this for you is work. And business, yeah. this is this is like me turning yeah. up to a wedding and like yeah. making some pictures. Yeah, like it's just like yeah. it's not it's not just another day. It's like banter it, I have at the office. But it's it's it's, uh, it's it's certainly something. It's certainly something that is inside. Yeah, the realm of something that yeah. is regular. So ah, uh, yeah. To fit- it's just so it just constantly does that, and I feel exactly. like that's an that's an you're right that's an alchemy thing. That is the yeah. that is the screenplay. Yeah, that is the performances. Holy um, fuck, we haven't even talked about Lorraine Bracco yet. Oh, uh, she is, yeah, and her scenes, head and shoulders, the most amazing and and hard to watch. Like her scenes in the movie, they're if, like again, it's alchemy on all levels. It's alchemy in the storytelling, in the scenes, in the performances, and the story. Her evolution as a character, and again, one of the genres I really think you could put this under more accurately than just saying crime or well, I mean, crime's the easy one, but you know, action, comedy, drama, whatever, is historical epic. Mm. Like the way it goes over time, the way it is chronicling history. And you watch the evolution of specifically Lorraine Bracco, who is like perfectly nice Italian Jew. No, is she, I think she's half Italian, half Jewish. Cause that's the joke is that mm. she doesn't want her parents seeing uh, Henry Hill because he's not Jewish. Like just this perfectly lovely neighborhood girl who admits full well, like she goes on these dates with Henry Hill and the date scenes are pretty funny. You know, they're like, uh, they're like, oh yeah. Oh, you know, <laughs> Again, I, I can't get into talking about the whole movie because I will just play it through the whole the whole yeah, episode. Right. This will be a two and a half hour episode. <laughs> he has to go on the these double dates. That long. <laughs> like Henry gets asked to go on these double dates by Joe Pesci because the woman that Joe Pesci's seeing needs to double date. You know, he Henry Hill's not interested. He stands this whole woman up. The second date, he just doesn't even attend. And Joe Pesci's there bullshitting. Like, oh no, he said he had some work to do. He was, you know... She, she makes Joe Pesci drive them all to the, like the 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 pizza restaurant where they're all hanging out traditionally from the neighborhood, and, and she just berates him in front of everybody. And that's where he's like, "Okay, this girl's different. She's I, I might take this woman on a date." I mean, yeah. However many dates in, no, it's like ages in because they introduce like a neighborhood friend brush makes an untowards advance on her, and what does he do? But what a what a mob guy would do <laughs> goes over there says. Honey, wait here. Walks across the street, just fucking pistol whips the guy like you fucking touch her again, you're dead. Walks back over the house, hands her the piece, just goes, just, just hold on to that, right? And leaves. And she has this scene in voiceover where she goes, 
She's the only other character with voiceover too, which makes you know how she's second yeah, billing. Which is what she's I She's really liked. second billing. Yeah, this is what I love about this. When she says- to her. Exactly. She says, other girlfriends would have screamed, called the cops, whatever. But the truth is, I kind of liked it. And then boom, it's just smash cuts to them getting married. Yeah. And it's- Yeah, it's, it's, it's classic. Like, and if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about the character, let alone the, the, the dynamic that they have and that they will have, just perfect. Every scene is perfect. The thing I also like about this is the cinematography never, like, I think it's good cinematography in the sense that Deacons would say that it's good. <laughs> it doesn't. Which really means for us that it's fucking great. Which, well, no, no, it just means that it's, Nothing nothing feels out of place and everything services mm. the film. Yeah. Like I think shot if it was shot twenty years later, like if this was made yeah. if this was made like ten years ago, yeah. um there might be there might be, you know, there'd be a more contemporary now, as you can imagine. Yeah. But like for a film nineteen ninety, yeah, like everything like nothing is in it that doesn't need to be in it. No. Like it's very efficient filmmaking. No. I mean, so, every film bro is familiar with the Copa scene, right? The 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 long, big fucking four, five minute. No, I don't think it's that long, but it's that super long track of their of one of their dates where they go through the Copacabana and they go through the back door. He's sliding everybody hundreds. It's one of these scenes where it's like film teachers always tell us, you know, it's a tracking shot because you want to just show him interacting with everybody in, in as naturalistic a way as possible. Mm. Like that's one of the cases of like a one that is so, so like you just said, absolutely is there to service the plot. Like there's no other one in the movie because no, no other there's, shot it's not in the like, movie. Look at what we can do. There's none of that. It is yeah. efficient. No, no other scene in the movie is there to show an outside character at this point, Lorraine Bracco, how truly, truly interconnected and deeply entrenched in this world as Henry Hill is right now. Because the fact that he talks to everybody, he talks to the guy at the door, he talks to the, he talks to fucking Vinnie Pastor, big pussy bumping Sarah from the Sopranos is just there moving a coat rack. <laughs> he talks to him. That's how much, that's how deep Henry Hill is in this world, he knows the fucking coat moving guys. <laughs> they get 50s. <laughs> and then, like, again, all of that, the, the scene is capped off so beautifully. They get people literally put a table in for him. They send him the house wine. Lorraine Bracco leans over and goes, what is it you do for a living again? And he's like, uh, construction, unions. And then they just, and he just shuts up. And they just, Don Rickles just says a joke. It's immaculate. Yeah, it's that that sequence is immaculate. Like, and I <laughs> because and I can't, you can't you can't. There's nothing else. No, there's nothing else that you need to add in this no. film. And again, Scorsese has done this so many times. I want to just put it out of the bed right now. We're not doing a Casino episode. <laughs> we're not doing a Departed episode. We're not doing a Wolf of Wall Street episode. And we're not doing an Irishman episode because it sounds identical to this episode. Yeah, it sounds just identical. Just with different scenes. That guy, in fact, what Those- we'll just do, we'll, we'll get some consistency going on the pod. Yeah. We will re-release this episode. We'll do a special <laughs> one-week edition. 
anniversary we, edition of this episode. And then next the week after it. that, we'll do an extra, we'll do a, a two week anniversary episode. Yeah. Just talk about casino. like two scenes from, yeah, two extra scenes from Casino. No, we like, won't you know, do anything. We just call it something else. Like, I just talk like, about this. Just a little at the top, be like, uh, all references to Goodfellas in this film, please replace with Casino. Yeah. Please replace the, the Billy Bat scene uh, with the scene in Casino where uh, Joe, <laughs> with, <laughs> with Nicky Santoro, putting yeah. that poor guy's head in a fucking vice. <laughs> Ask him just to rat on how he cheated the casino system. <laughs> vroom, vroom. That's oh a great film. I watched that maybe five or six years ago now. That was great. You should rewatch it now. That's a fucking- classic. That's a classic Scorsese move as well. Here, we'll just do it fucking now. Where exactly. it opens, where it opens with the, it opens the su- with the explosion of the car, the suits and the explosion. I can't. So good. I- I- <laughs> like somebody said, like every time I when they were watching Casino, every time they saw. Um, uh, Robert De Niro walk out in a new suit. It took their breath away, and it's true. Yeah. You watch him step out in the opening of Casino in the in the salmon pink suit. Just be like, huh? Walk over to the car, gets in, turns the key on, boom! Credits, opening credits. A a, a, a Warner Brothers production, a Marty Scorsese picture, Casino. It's like fuck me, dead. Is that just <laughs> not somebody crying. who knows what they're doing? Here's how we end this thing. R.I.P. Ray Liotta. Yeah. R.I.P. Paul Sorvino. R.I.P. Tony Sirico. R.I.P. They lost some other legends in that. F- R.I.P. R.I.P. Catherine Scorsese. R.I.P. The, R- the work lives on in in a truly fresh manner. That movie is what thirty years, thirty two years old. Thirty two years old. Does not feel like it could have came out yesterday. And it I know also that for- could have came out ages ago. Because it, that stuff, exactly the stuff that's like in this. When does it start? Like the late fifties. When is it yeah, set? Yeah, late 50s uh, yeah. Henry Hill's through. coming up in in fifty five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So like that's I fe- actually when we were talking about the cinematography, like it's so because of the the production design is quite yeah. quite good there, and like yeah. the cinematography matches it. Like it's not. Yeah. It's not glamorous. It's just like no. those long, long shots are like using a zoom where you're like, well, we've yep. got to film the car coming in here and the tripod, you know, yep. those tripod shots. Yep. You're just like, cool. We got to feel, yeah, we got to film the trucks coming in. We got to feel planes landing at the airport. It's very simple. We got to do, oh my God, the last scene I want to talk about. Just the montage of, it's right after they pull off the left Hansa heist. Uh, Jimmy Conway's just going off at that guy who, like he told everybody, hey, don't bro, fucking. Don't sp- fucking spend money. Don't yeah. fucking spend any money. And what does some guy do? He goes out and buys his wife a pink Cadillac. Yeah. And they just, they have to whack everybody involved with the job. And it fucking plays Layla by Derek and the Dominoes, but specifically the second half of that song. Like the first half is a perfectly normal rock song that if you'd heard it on the radio, it'd be like, oh, sick, this song. And then at halfway when it turns in the piano. Yeah, yeah. Dun, dun, oh, that's good, dun, fellas, isn't dun, it? I'm fucking, I'm, there's a little bit of moisture in my eyes now just thinking about it. It is so beautiful and tragic and haunting and funny because you're just watching bodies slowly tip into a garbage truck (laughs) while Henry Hill's doing this. They fucking put that poor fuck in the meat truck. He says it. They had, it took his body three days to thaw out for the autopsy. Fuck me. These guys do not play around. 
and it's beautiful and it's haunting and it's it is oh I can't I can't I can't deal like again this may be the most it's so good episode we've done yet because it's like yeah that's true I re- yeah fuck's sake t- t- look it's go a masterpiece it. go watch it it's I great. don't think we've said that about many things on this if show. If you see this for $5 in the bargain bin, go up to the person at the counter with two copies, buy one for yourself. I don't know if, bro, if this pa- was... Tw- pass one on. Do it like, you know, do that the, the cafes do. Like the cafes do for yeah. a homeless person. Yeah. Hey, I want to I wanna buy, I wanna yeah. buy 10 coffees in advance for some yeah. people that need coffees. Look, yeah. I don't want to diminish that. I, I realize that no, you I, could I, argue that I'm tr- diminishing that as a yeah. concept, but like, no. and making fun of it. I'm not. I'm but trying Goodfellas to is just that important buy to society. This, buy this film, yeah. give it to the person that can say, hey, maybe you take this home for you. Yeah. Maybe you see a wise guy that comes through here later on. Give yeah. this film. Someone kick up. This film. Kick up. Got a kick up phone. Look, every, every, if you're an artist, <laughs> watching this film will make you a better person. I was gonna say just watching. I do love. Film. I do love that when we dance around like absolute superlatives like that. Superlative. Yeah. Well, I, I want to say anybody as if an you art, watch this as an artist. Yeah. No, as a nurse, watch this and you're like, you know, I'm thinking more. I couldn't say everybody watch this and you become a good person because I've had the very unfortunate circumstance of working with some real uh, dickheads this year. And I describe them to everybody like if they watched The Wolf of Wall Street, they would think that Leo is the good guy. So, yeah, I, so, some people might take the wrong lessons from Goodfellas. Yeah, but if well, you're an artist, certainly this, this, it's, it's such a beautiful piece about humanity and, and circumstance. And I just, I can't recommend it enough. Like you said, if you see it at a bargain bin, buy like 10 copies. If you see it for fucking $24.99, like, yeah, buy 10 copies still. Just buy it. It's well, worth it. Maybe, maybe, worth maybe it. buy two or three copies. I'll fucking buy. I'll fucking buy. If you're listening to this show, <laughs> if you are listening to this show right now and you don't own Goodfellas, DM me. I will PayPal you the money to buy Goodfellas. And that is a legitimate offer. My name is Morgan Roberts. My name is Dominic. Walnuts Fitzgerald. Also watch The Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs>